now listening to the InterVR podcast. I'm Chris Miranda, your host. Today I'm joined by two very, very special people in my life. Um, their names are James Hanusa and Alison Rabi. Hello, James and Hanusa and Alison Rabi. They're the co-founders of Digital Rain. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. Thank you for having us, Chris. We're honored and delighted. Awesome. Okay, so let's, uh, let's start with the fundamentals. What is Digital Rain? Um, it is an emergent organism, I think, at its uh, core. Um, experimental community in emerging technologies um, with a focus on social impact and mindfulness consciousness. Um, our, our birthplace, really, and also the birthplace of the human potential movement is the Esalen Institute. It's our spiritual home. Um, I guess one of our spirit one of two of our spiritual homes, the other being Black Rock City. Um, but, uh, yeah, we've been um, developing a, a values-based community that's looking at how XR, AI, blockchain can bring about a better world um, for all species um, and our human body. And, um, yeah, we're moving into uh, an agency that's focused on purpose-driven application of those technologies um and uh the sdg the un sustainable development goals and working on a little bit of uh mind therapy as well through emerging tech very cool and so because this is the interviewer podcast i must ask you um why is vr important to you guys why is vr important to your mission we really started with vr we we um we started as a one-week experiment um we wanted to see what we could do in the VR area. We decided to just master up uh, our individual backgrounds into a, a collective uh, form in digital ring and uh, knew that there would be white space for us to explore um, over time. Saw so much promise in the technology. And, um, you know, I think more and more as we spent time in the community, uh, we felt like we saw two things. One, um, there was some early pioneers of purpose in the industry, and we count among them Dr. Tom Furness, yourself, Chris Miranda, legendary, um, Barry Posman, Gabor Aurora. Nani de la Pena, Jackie Moray. And we felt like, um, what if we could build community around their leadership? Um, and then through, you know, many conversations in um, helping Dr. Furness launch his nonprofit, the Virtual World Society, we got more and more exposure to people who had studied with him, Dr. Furness, for those who don't know, invented VR uh, about 50 years ago when he's working for the DOD and Air Force. Um, so he's taught most of the people in the industry, um, and we got to share some time with him. The, the therapeutical um, 
application of VR for anything from uh, anxiety to PTSD to depression, Alzheimer's, um, the list goes on. Anxiety, phobias um, is is incredible, and we feel like there's going to be more discovered as far as how it can be utilized to um, alter consciousness. And um, you know, on the on the flip side, I think with virtual worlds and the um, meta uh, interplay between VR and AR that's coming um, in virtual worlds. Um, I think there's a, a beautiful, mind-blowing future that um, we get to co-explore with um, a lot of curious community. Very cool. And so staying in that same vein, how what do you think the spectrum of VR benefits versus consequences will look like? Um, once VR is mainstream, let's say 10 years down the line, what is, what is the spectrum? On one hand, uh, there's the benefits of VR, and on the other um, there's the consequences of VR, and you know, what do you, what, what is that? What does your vision of that spectrum look like? So I'll speak to the benefits. For me, the the benefits related to VR are endless. The possibilities are endless. I don't think that we've even quite yet scratched the surface in terms of what VR can do uh, in terms of our humanity and the universe and a positive trajectory. One of the things that I see as a massive benefit, this has been touted a lot, but it, you know, VR being such a powerful empathy machine and the ability to walk a mile in someone else's shoes is exponential. For me, if there's something that isn't in my awareness, for example, the you know, suffering of a child in a refu- refugee camp, and that I'm able to have that experience in the most direct way that is available to us through these technology tools, through media, et cetera, through virtual reality, I'm more connected to that, you know, to that child, to uh, their community, to that cause. And we can look at that related to, you know, diversity and inclusion related to, I mean, the, um, it's a very broad spectrum from the, uh, in terms of VR being an empathy machine. Additionally, in terms of the therapeutic pieces, James, that you touched on, looking at longevity, healthcare, solving for isolation, VR and AR also touch parts of the brain that don't get tapped in our quote-unquote normal reality. And so we have the possibility to really change the evolutionary trajectory of our species and build in more empathy, more connection, and more of a global and universal village. That's well done. Yeah, and I think on the on the downside, um, you know, I think it's it's digital reality addiction and isolation, and um, you know, our quote normal reality. It's 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 basically every sci-fi movie made. Um, is that dystopian future. I think you'll probably see it in uh, Ready Player One as well um, on film. Spielberg, I'm sure, will do a good job with it. Um, but I think it's, it's you know, it's, it's, it's could keep us all um, in the Matrix um, 24-7 as much as possible um, because the rest of the world might be such shit. 
Yeah. And, you know, how do you, so the question leads, so the next question leads me um, that this leads into is how do you keep VR on a positive trajectory? Like, um, especially when, um, as VR gets more and more commercialized, as it becomes more and more popular, I almost feel like uh, as time goes on, as more money pours in, there's sort of a, a dilution of intention for doing good as time goes on. At, at least that's my thesis. And I'm wondering, you know, what you guys think are sort of the methods or the strategies that um, communities and people, individuals can incorporate to make sure that VR stays in a positive trajectory? You know, one of the things that we've done is we've brought individuals from all different industries that are in VR and that are in film, government, education, philanthropy, media, you know, you name it, together based on values alignment. And so there's something about that cross-pollination and what can start to happen when get a group of individuals who have a similar values and vision alignment in the big picture sense, but at the same time are in very different sectors of the marketplace. And when you invite them into the possibility of collaboration, communication, creativity, and you know, kind of see what happens. So that's, that's one of the ways that I really believe we will be, we are, and we will continue to be able to see impact and utilizing this tech toward the betterment of the universe. I think that, you know, those of us that care need to stand up right now today and put a very firm flag in the sand, you know, plant it, and also light our torches and shine them really brightly. Because I, I agree, I, I this can go so many different ways. It's an incredibly powerful technology. And we have an opportunity, you know, not only to seed our next generations with impact-focused initiatives through this technology, or better said, powered by this technology, or we can go completely another direction. So in terms of how do we invite people into that, we just we keep calling people together that are values aligned, that are also in VR. Very cool. So, Chris, I would say that um, there's a couple of I think you know relatively easy or depending on who you are, sophisticated uh, strategies for this. I mean, you talk to people about VR, some people, and they think uh, gaming or first-person shooter and porn. Um, once we have advertising coming into the mix in the next uh, year or two with eye tracking and how they can measure eyeballs uh, in that way, um, what we're doing is we're going out and we're starting to engage with impact investors. We're starting to engage the Games for Good community um, and the corporate sector to think about how they can uh, create content around the UN Sustainable Development Goals. So I think we need to go after the big industries, the early adopters, and um, kind of uh, surround the, the industry uh, as its core is right now with, with early adopters that are using the technology for good. 
Yeah, indeed. And so, you know, staying on that same line of thinking and that same conversation, you know, how do you see yourselves advancing the progress of, of VR going forward? I think um, one way is to to engage the kids. I mean, you think you see what Minecraft has has become. Um, I think so. Training um, young people on the technology and having them show, you know, their parents what's possible is always a, a strategy. And 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 if that can be, you know, a positive focus. Um, while they're learning the tools to create virtual worlds. Um, that's fantastic. Um, Another would be going to people that are already focused on impact. So we've been in conversations with the World Economic Forum, with just a number of different organizations uh, and associations, institutions, individuals who, again, are values-aligned but don't necessarily have the deep knowledge of virtual reality. So they're looking to see how it can be used for good. And so being of service and support to the individuals that are in the impact space, that are looking to leverage tech, that's another way. Awesome, awesome. And so, you know, going, going back to um, another question that I had was, um, what sort of practical advice would you give to people if they come up to you and say, hey, I want to become a virtual reality creator and I also want to make a positive impact in the world? You know, how do I, you know, what, what advice would you give them? Um, you know, would you let them know, would you tell them to quit their job right away? Would you um, figure out uh, places where they could perhaps look for funding? You know, what sort of, yeah, what sorts of conversations would you have with someone that wants to, you know, create something in this space, but also wants to make an impact while balancing, of course, the whole paying the bills angle of the equation. I think we would probably both say the same thing. Uh, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, James, but it, <laughs> I imagine it would be, there are three people we can introduce you to that are in the space and that are focused on impact. And because at core, we're connectors and while Digital Rain is a business, we're more of a community, or we started with community first, and so we are always looking to leverage our community toward you know, the benefit, again, of the world and the community, and so I think that we would probably put them in touch with a number of people that were working in virtual reality, excuse me, working in virtual reality with an impact focus that were doing different types of activations in the space so that they could get a sense of what did they, what if anything did they feel called to and invite them to, you know, do their homework, do their research, to, to dig in and find what makes them come alive from an impact perspective and then go and create uh, something, content in VR based on what sets them on fire yeah that's definitely true sorry go ahead james i i think that um i mean i don't think i think in most cases and i don't follow this rule very much but i think most people would 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 uh not give advice to quit your job and just go try to figure out your passion in the emerging technology field um but i think that the the, uh, i would say join some communities this is what we did we joined some communities. Um, we showed up 
again and again at events and conferences. We listened. We kind of figured out which way the wind was blowing, um, how we could bring our backgrounds and our experience um, to bring value to to the community. And then we started, you know, partnering with other people on a, you know, individual basis or organizations, um, you know, for, for content creation, you got to figure out um, who's going to fund it and why, um, if you're going to quit your job. Um, and then I think there's all kinds of opportunities and they're, they're only going to get more and more, uh, as you said, Chris, over the next, you know, two to, to five years um, with companies like Apple, Google, HTC, um, pretty much you name a tech company that doesn't have a VR AR strategy. Um, it's probably less than going through the whole list that do now. So um, I think the economic wave is coming, um, but I think you really got to find your unique um, skill set, worldview, passion to be able to apply to um, the creative technology. Yeah, I want to add on to that that we weren't afraid to ask questions and to say that we were new in the space when we were new in the space. And we were lucky enough to actually land, you know, in in our experiment that was a week long. We went to six events in seven days. I think we missed 12. Yours was one of them, Chris. And and we found your invitation to be such a a safe space to explore and ask questions. And if you don't know the answer and if you're new or if you're an expert or, you know, what have you, that everyone was welcome. And my experience of the industry since, you know, we got into it to today, uh, you know, globally, I would say, is that it's a really welcoming, collaborative group of people. And so I think it's really important to give yourself the grace and space if you're looking to get into the industry, you know, to just be really straight up about what you know, what you don't know, ask the questions uh, that you, you know, that you don't know the answers to and just don't be shy and ask, ask for help and support and resources and referrals. And if you find one place where you feel, you know, really comfortable, there are many, find out, you know, from the folks that are in attendance with you and from the presenters, speakers, organizers, where else they would suggest you go. And that was one of the things that we did is we shamelessly, you know, from a very heart-centered place, networked to find out, okay, where can we get more (laughs) with people that care about using this tech for good? Yeah, and something that you mentioned um, earlier that got me a little bit excited was, you know, you you built out a community. You listened to what people were saying. And you went out and built your own community. And I want to know sort of what are the, the, the challenges of building out communities in emerging tech fields? You know, I guess I cut my teeth in um, issue organizing um, and then got a little bit of exposure through the uh, Obama One campaign as far as social media online organizing. Um so I think that there's just some, you know, basics in that field as far as, like, engaging people. Um, you know, Burning Man taught me a lot about community and culture as well. Um, Allison very much um, has a background in 
values and intentionality. Um, so I think in community, especially learning community, it's really understanding what, um, what, where people are at, what they want, where they're at. Um, and, and having a, for us, I think, a a focus on the, the benefit, you know, has been something that again and again, um, people have been drawn to. Um, and I think all these technologies are so new that there's also that co-learning process. But, you know, for us, it was modeling, um, inviting in, um, I think some of the hallmarks of the community that we created, which is participation, borrowed from Burning Man, um, collaboration, um, kind of the, the peer-to-peer uh, versus kind of person on stage and an audience listening to the guru um, types of contexts, um, co-creation, emergence in, in both, you know, the technology and in the experiences, you know, that we're convening for people and a good time. Yeah. And to speak to some of the challenges, you know, we really were looking to flip the switch in terms of the paradigm that we know related to the conferences focused on emergent technology. And that's a great model. We just wanted to do something different. And so, you know, we were finding while we love listening to the experts, the sit and get model or the sit and give model wasn't as juicy as the conferences and, or excuse me, as the conversations and, you know, the coffee chats and the meetups and what have you outside of the conference while the conference was going on. And there's a lot more that you just touched on, James, in terms of what we did, you know, from the flip the switch perspective. And, you know, we, we did have some challenges, understandably, in terms of, you know, people wanting uh, the model that was known. Mm. And, you know, sometimes it would take, you know, a, a day or two of, you know, being at Esalen you know, in terms of our initial summit. I'm thinking about when we first came out of the gates uh, in year one of people being there and us holding that we were doing something really different and that that may or may not be for them. And either way, it was okay. <laughs> and holding our intention and the why of committing to that, I, that's one of the challenges that I would say. Not challenges in terms of dealing with others, but just challenges in, in, in ourselves in terms of sitting back and reminding or going back to the well of why are we doing this this way? Mm-hmm. Oh, right. We're going we're gonna to hold this. You know, we're going to hold this, this space and this invitation. So that's one thing. I think the other thing is beautiful overwhelm. Because we have such a rich, vibrant community. I think there's almost 3,000 people uh, in the community that, you know, that have gathered over the last two and a half years. And we want to play and hang out and collaborate with you know, everyone. And so uh, there isn't enough time in the day, it seems, to yeah. be able to do that. So uh, you know, an embarrassment of riches in some ways is, uh, <laughs> is one of the challenges. And the other thing is uh, saying no. <laughs> Which, uh, while being completely not judgmental, just no, this summit might not be for you, or no, we're not going that way. And while incorporating 
open heart, open mind, curiosity, no judgment in terms of what wants to emerge and what wants to come forward. And is that something that the community as a living organism wants to follow versus what we're wanting to follow or what one individual is wanting to follow at any particular time. Mm -hmm. I don't remember the colleague of, I think it was yours, who said no could be one of the most powerful words in the universe, Mm -hmm. Uh, even more powerful than yes sometimes. So holding the line of the no or when we were, you know, at capacity and we had, you know, received 300 applications and we had 80 or 100 slots, you know, that was, (laughs) that was a challenge. Yeah, it seems like you guys have built out a, an amazing, um, uniquely beautiful community. And, you know, the next question that I want to ask you is, you know, let's say I am someone who's listening to the show and I live in Singapore or in Taiwan or in Australia or in Spain. And I want a community the likes of which you, you guys have. You know, wh- is there a formula to, to, to building out a, a thriving community like like you guys have, have done, or or is this something that you just can't, you know, put a formula on? You know, what do you think? It's hmm. um, a great question. It is. Um, you know, I was going to say that, um, you know, one of the challenges that we've seen, the few, the few types of really, like, community challenge where people, like, um, just don't... Uh, behave the way that we would want and expect community members to behave. Um, we distance ourselves from those folks. And I think that that's, it's really important. Like we try to be as inclusive as, as ever and try to um, help people understand the kind of the, the reason for being of why we're doing this work and we're putting our energy and all of our, um, you know, networks and experience into helping this community thrive. Um, it, that's one other challenge I just want to know. How can you do this globally? I don't know if it's possible, but I can help you think that this is one of the things um, when I was working with at Burning Man uh, as a consultant, um, that there was that question too. Good Burning Man. I'm not saying that we're Burning Man. I'm saying that we're influenced by that that culture. Um, Esalen is another powerful influence on um, both our community and the culture that we're looking to create. So um, I think if there's maybe some some anchor institutions, if you're in Singapore, that really are inspiring or stand for something, maybe partnering with them or, or adapting, adopting some of their um, principles or values or mission. Um, you know, I can say from Burning Man's experience, they found that... Um, there were adaptions. There's something like 40 regional burns around the world now. They're they're very different from what I've seen in nature, a lot of them. So there's a, um, a different cultural context. Um, it may look very different, um, but um, there is, you know, a good percentage of the, the spirit of, if you will, um, that flows through all of these, you know, event bases. But even more, I think it's the the global community has um, shared experience, um, shared values from that, you know, group that's that organization community has been around thirty plus years. So, for our case, um, you know, I'd say one one way is 
to explore partnering with us and or the rest of our partner network. We've got a pretty extensive partner network. Um, the other is, as I said earlier, to look at the local context and see who's doing something in VR or not that could be a good partner for um, developing the community on. Yeah, and I'd add to that, just to say, of course. if you want to start a community, let's just say that it's not like ours, mm-hmm. figure out what what are your values? What do you care about? What do you want to engage in? Who do you want to be surrounded by? What do you want to talk about? What has heart and meaning to you? Start there and then invite people and see what happens. I mean, that's a big piece of what we did. We, we, we care about utilizing emergent technology toward the betterment of the universe, so social impact, emergent tech, and you know, with the mindfulness, consciousness, lens or components and we didn't know if anybody was going to show up that that's the truth at our Mm -hmm. first summit and you know that's and that's what we wanted we wanted to be around other like-minded individuals who wanted to be with us wanted to be you know so that's that's one thing that i would say and then you know the other thing i would say is if you're looking to build a community like digital reigns that's focused on those three kind of core principles so much of what you said James I won't repeat because it's right on but find someone in our community connect with us and we'll help connect and you could also come to one of the summits or one of the local events that we do one of the global events that we do and you know get a, a, a sniff or a seed and then you could take it and, you know, sprout it and you'll be tapping, you know, what we've done. But And I want to say it's not James and I. We often hear, you know, some of what you said, Chris, and thank you. And at the same time, what I always say, and this is true for both of us, is that we made an invitation and we hold space. And I don't want to diminish what we bring to the table. But it was really also about opening space. And all of the individuals that showed up and what they did with that, that space and with that invitation, that really has nothing to do with us. Very cool. And so, um, as they like to say, guys, it's uh, time flies when you're having fun. And we <laughs> bring things to a close, I have just the last couple questions. Um, you know, first, first off, um, you know, do you have any last thoughts, comments be- to leave the listeners with before we close off? And then the other one is, do you have any upcoming dates that people should keep in mind? Um... Parting thoughts is that um, we actually expect with Ready Player One coming out and the kind of exposure that's probably going to bring the industry and all these um, you know, tech titans that are now having um, AR and VR capabilities – um, that they're bringing to market, that there's going to be a rapid um, adoption and a lot more opportunity. And so um, we would invite folks um, to co-explore um, with us and just, um, again, build this movement stronger um, on the on the XR for Good front. Um, and, you know, some ways to do that. We've got um, three events coming up 
this year at Esalen. Um, we've got one, so we've got this new series. It's called the Exponential Humanity Series. We really believe that there's um, going to be a confluence of these emerging technologies. So the future computer stack is going to be XR, AI, and blockchain um, versus your UI database and um, operating system of the past. Um, and we're working with some companies that are on the front edge of, of that new stack. Um, so come hang out with us at Esalen. Um, in July, we've got the Conscious AI event. It's part of Exponential Humanity. We've got an annual, third annual reality summit in uh, October at Esalen. And then the blockchain, for hum- blockchain crypto for humanity in November. Um, and then we're talking to a number of other um, events, conferences, festivals about playing with them at various locations around the world right now. And the Exponential uh, Humanity Series is affectionately called the X Series, and it is six weekend summits. So there are four additional summits in 2019. And do you want to list the topics? Yeah, I think I think so because we feel like they're very important to the future. That's how we chose this this series. Uh, one is on impact and immersive artists. Uh, one is on transformation and therapeutics. Um, another is on humanitarian innovation, and the last is, as it should be, interstellar species. Um, with and space. Yeah, space and interstellar species. With, uh, with uh, Elon and company taking us to, the, to Mars uh, by 2024, we felt like we should get our, mi- our minds around uh, how we will think of ourselves once we're, we're off planet. Wow. With, well, James, Allison, um, I would call you guys true scholars and wizards of virtual reality, but you're much more than that. You're, you're not just virtual reality, but AI and blockchain and space. Um, so thank you so much for joining me on the show. I, um, you know, honestly, I, I am really grateful that I know you both and that I had the chance to experience the Reality Summit. If you're listening to the show and you get the chance to meet James and Allison, please do. They're amazing. Um, James, Allison, thank you again. Uh, I look forward to the next time we do this thing, and I'll see you in the metaverse. Thank you, Chris. It's been a pleasure, and you're one of our favorite beings in the universe, so right back at you. Totally, and I can't, I, I, I love this memory of the first uh, reality summit at Esalen when um, uh, Android Jones was telling me he was listening to your podcast on the way down to Esalen. And then he got to be your roommate for a number of days, and his mind was just blown. You don't see Android Jones's mind blown that often, but he was so psyched um, that you guys got partnered up during that experience. So um, that's a fun memory for me to to my, recall. My face is literally red like a tomato from the flattering words that just came out of your mouth. I, I <laughs> have not. I don't have a way to process what you just said. Uh, Android Jones, you're amazing. I uh, I, I totally. I'm a fanboy for your work, and um, James, thank you, and Allison, thank you, and I'll see you next time. Awesome. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris.